0: The beginning of Jesus' ministry here, his, his first sermon uh, to his people, to the world essentially. Uh, Matthew 6, 19, continuing in, it says, Lay not up for yourselves treasure in, upon earth where moth and dust, moth and rust doth corrupt, where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt. And where thieves do not break through nor steal, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Amen. So tonight is uh part four. If you turn and greet somebody as you're seated tonight. Battery. To reload the batteries. All right, we're good. <clears throat> Amen. We've uh, uh, been talking about this, the beginning and the ending. Uh, we're kind of in the beginning part of it and the ending part, obviously, uh, we'll see here at the end of the sermon how it kind of all comes together uh, about the Sermon on the Mount as it's entitled, where Jesus is preaching his, his initial message to uh, the people of Israel, and obviously onto the believers uh, of you and me that accept uh, this by faith and uh, are obedient to the word of God. And uh, he, he, he introduced this sermon with uh, the Beatitudes as we know them, the Blesseds. uh Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, and blessed are the peacemakers, and, and blessed are uh, all those who will not be offended, and, and so many things that we've, we, we've covered uh, briefly, and you can easily go into uh, deeper studies into those Beatitudes. But really what it was uh, for us is, and obviously for them in those days, but for us it can kind of be like a report card to check and to see how we are uh, uh, doing as a believer uh, in uh, Jesus and what he says in his word, because uh, it's uh, while we have the favor of God in our life uh, and we are a blessed life, there we still have to face the rain. We still have to face uh, the uh, whatever the world pr- brings to us, uh, mainly because of, of our faith in, in Christ. And as we have uh, alluded to and mentioned that uh, we probably haven't really faced a part about the persecution. Um, and for our faith, really, we can be persecuted for anything else, uh, just a part of life. Uh, but we haven't really necessarily faced that here in this country. We have been kind of guarded for now, but uh, you never know what is on the horizon um, and when if and when persecution will come, then we'll definitely have to, Uh, See how well we check that box, give ourselves a grade, but uh, hopefully if we are submitted to God right now and we continue to submit to the Lord every day, uh, then we allow the the Holy Ghost inside of us to continue uh, molding us and shaping us into the man or woman that we uh, have been called to be because I'm thankful God called me to a higher uh, place a higher, a better creature, a better person than I was when He found me because I don't want to be that person. I want to be molded and made and shaped into His image. Uh, the image of Jesus Christ is what we are called to do. And so uh, these are just the Beatitudes are just kind of the beginnings of just uh, our walk with Him and uh, our, our discipleship with the Lord and our relationship with Him. Uh, on a daily basis as he is our Lord and savior and so uh, as much as we adhere to John 3 5 and, and acts 238 and salvation scriptures obviously we we push those on uh, we focus on those initially because that is the how you are entered into the born uh, into the kingdom of God to be born again that way uh, but once you have fulfilled those verses then obviously it opens up the the rest of the Bible, uh, and that includes obviously the Beatitudes of how to grow and how to live, and, and now that you've crossed off the the obedience part of the gospel, now you're to go on to live that out, which is uh, much harder to do than just getting baptized in a service and and, and then moving on from there. Now we have to uh, wrestle with the Word of God and uh, allow the Holy Ghost inside of us, this new thing inside of us, uh, to uh, lead us and guide us and direct us and to learn how to listen to the, to the voice of God as opposed to our own voice or uh, the voice of the enemy now that we have uh, the weapon uh, uh, inside of us, the Holy Ghost, the power to, to, to live this life, amen, that is where the battle really is now. Uh, on a daily basis to continue living and walking and pursuing after righteousness, uh, as as he has uh, called us to do. And so last week we've we were talking about uh, how Jesus was uh, showing us how to not worry about the the public appearance of things, uh, how we are to uh, to to pray, to fast, and to give, uh, not in in respect to who's watching or who's looking or who's at church or whatever, obviously that is, uh, that is w- hopefully we're far beyond those things that we don't do it for the the, the accolades of mankind, but we are doing it for the, uh, the, the adoration of, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And everything should be done in secret, and uh, because we're not doing it for anybody else, we have an audience of one, and that one is Jesus Christ. And so it doesn't matter what anybody else says or what they see or don't see, Jesus sees it all, and he knows our heart and our purpose and our uh, the reasoning behind what we are doing, and that is to, uh, for the glory of the Lord. And as we kind of talked about last week, uh, as the Pharisees were doing uh, really most of those things, the, the public display of, uh, of how righteous they were, and, and Jesus immediately kind of cuts them down and says, you know, your righteousness has to exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees. And so and no matter how hard uh, the Pharisees were trying to portray themselves as the examples, Jesus just cut them off at the knees and says, your righteousness has got to be way uh, way above what they're already doing. And so uh, in essence, he was telling them what you guys are doing is in vain because you're focusing on the outward appearance when God really is trying to clean up the inside. Because if the inside is clean, the outside will will, will manifest itself in the cleanliness uh, uh, of what is on the inside. Now, I know uh, modern Christianity ta- doesn't, doesn't really focus on uh, outward holiness because they just focus on inward holiness. And uh, obviously it is an inward holiness, uh, but if you really truly have and inward holiness there's no way that you have the power to keep it on the inside without it manifested on the outside right uh, we're, we're we're not that powerful if we truly if we truly are surrendering to this the, the, the spirit inside of us the, the spirit that spoke in this world just formed out of nothing. we're talking that kind of power that's inside of us dynamite power inside of us and yet uh, people supposedly have the Holy Ghost inside of them but yet they, they look like a, a, a bum and you wouldn't tell you couldn't tell the way that they they look and act or dress that they have this this Holy Ghost and this Holy Spirit inside of them but yet they they focus on it's an inward holiness and not an outward holiness. Well, uh, one of my favorite examples about that is, uh, you know, you have to judge. There has to be some outward appearance to be able to judge what's on the inside. You don't go to the, the grocery store and the produce area, and you go when you're going to pick out a banana, uh, you're not picking one that's, that's uh, brown and speckled and spotted, and you say, you know what? The outside looks filthy, but the inside—that thing is just ripe. That thing is just pure and good. That's the one I'm picking. No, you you pick your bananas by its holiness on the outside, right? Because you know what's what the outward what the outside is showing is also a reflection of what's on the inside. Uh, and obviously, uh, you know, as with the Pharisees, they focused so much on the outside that the inside actually was rotten. Uh, and so, but if the real focus is on the in- inwardness, uh, then it's going to make its way on the outside. If we are continuing to be obedient to the Holy Ghost, then it, we're going to feel the conviction of, uh, of what to do, what to dress, what to wear, what not to wear, where to go, what not to do. All of these things are going to manifest it because you can't, you can't have that power inside of you and just, and just hide it on the inside. It's going to make itself known if we are uh, obedient to the scriptures. As uh, we have this uh, treasure in earthen vessels, uh, an earthen vessel cannot contain and withhold uh, and push back the power that's inside of it. If it is truly to be the vessel that God is calling all us, to, all of us, to be. And so, we we saw that last week. How uh, those that were focusing on the the external appearance and, and the the approval of mankind that they would they would give and let everyone know what they were giving and then they'd pray loudly and, and in vain repetitions so that everyone would hear how great of a prayer uh, warrior they are supposedly and, and then how they would fast and and you know, walk around and make a show of their fasting and, and Jesus says uh, they're going through all and doing all of that and that's their that's their reward. And as we mentioned last week, can you imagine fasting for a week uh, and your reward is just the the smile from another person as opposed to what you could get from God if it's truly and everything is about Him? And I know uh, we do things for the Lord and not for the approval of mankind, and, and so uh, that is how we uh, are to be, uh, whether people... Uh, pat, our, pat us on the back or not? Whether we show up here to church and clean it, and nobody knows we cleaned it, uh, we're not doing it for the applause of people. But Jesus is going to reward us in due time, uh, and uh, that is why we do it for Him. And so we we move on here to the next section of the of the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus is 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 preaching and teaching, talking about laying up for ourselves treasures, uh, and not to do it on earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, but put it in heaven. Obviously, when now we have an insight, there's no moths up there, thank God, which probably means there's no mosquitoes, no bugs, praise God, uh, no rust, uh, and so, and, and there's obviously no thieves, I mean, how are you going to break into heaven? Uh, and so even even uh, the devil's is shut off uh, from that, and so, uh, that is obviously where the real treasure is. And and so where your treasure is, uh, that is where your heart will be. Uh, and so whether your heart's going to be here on earth with the earthly things or it's going to be in heaven waiting for that heavenly reward. Proverbs 4 and 23 says, keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Uh, and so everything stems from our heart. That's why. Uh, it has to have, we have to have the right motive and the right reason and the right audience uh, because it directs really all of our, all of our life. And really um, uh, dealing with treasures and earthly things, we begin to get into the part where he's talking about uh, the, the, the material stuff and, and giving and uh, where our, our our focus is to be on. And so obviously when dealing with uh, possessions and things and treasures and where our heart is, uh, one word that can easily pop up from our human nature is the word greed. Greed says that I owe me, I owe myself all of this stuff. Uh, and so the problem with greed is that it can be disguised uh, as, as a virtue because no one really ever truly confesses and admits, says, "I'm greedy." Nobody says that, but yet there people are greedy, right? Uh, and so they just, you know, I'm just really careful with everything that I have, and on all my stuff. And and obviously, we have to be good stewards. And so I'm not trying to to, to blur the lines here. But there's obviously a distinction between being a good steward and being. Agreed, uh, and so greed can disguise itself so well we might just kind of overlook it. Uh, but the people around you know you have a problem because uh, greedy people can talk a lot and worry a lot about money. Uh, greedy people are not cheerful givers because obviously they're greedy. They're not going to give, right? Or if they do, they're uh, they're dropping. Uh, given not what they should be giving and greedy people uh, can be reluctant to share uh, many times maybe they're poor losers because hey this is this is I should have won this is for me right uh, they they can really argue over just insignificant things or items or uh, amounts of money it's not really that big of a deal but hey man they're they're, they're on that uh, and so uh, they uh, Greedy people may not let somebody else forget what you've done to them, right? I mean, again, greed can go past just money. We we, we, we attach it with money, but it can be anything and everything. Uh, if it's all about me, uh, then it really can uh, spread over into many other areas how we will never let you forget what you did to me. Well, that's a, a greed. You're focusing on yourself, right? Um and so we, we greedy people are not uh, always content with what they have because they 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 want more and they deserve that. They, they they believe they deserve more and every good thing that can come their way. Uh, and so uh, Jesus is is kind of uh, addressing this uh, root here about don't worry about laying up for yourselves treasures here on earth. Put them up in heaven. And to a greedy person, that's 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 probably a hard thing to do. You're gonna pass up on all the things down here, and lay it up for invisible treasures uh, that you'll uh, reap one day. Uh, and so, greed is not uh, is not a really just a, a money issue. It's it's a heart issue. Uh, and so, you can be poor and you can still be greedy, right? You uh, might. My my littlest one, she doesn't have any obviously anything, no assets or whatever, but she's greedy. You know? <laughs> she she picks something up, and then when she puts it down, it's immediately hers. And then nobody else comes and grabs it, she says, Mine. Even if it's somebody else's toy or someone else's thing, if she's the last one to touch it, it's hers. She's she's got a heart issue. Uh, and so we'll be praying, Pray, help me pray for her, uh, that the Lord gives her a new heart, right? As he gives us all a new heart. But uh, again, it's not, it's not a matter of wealth, it's an attitude, it's a mindset, it's a heart issue, uh, because you can be greedy about anything. Uh, and, and so uh, we, we see here in Luke, the 12th chapter, this is kind of another uh, parallel, uh, of, of the Matthew, the, the Sermon on the Mount, many of the similar, same stories, examples here. Uh, Jesus is saying, He said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. And that, that should be a slogan for America, right? Just if we can just listen, if we can just uh, heed the one verse here, here in America, man, this would really change everything, wouldn't it? Uh, And so it is. This introduces Jesus, one of Jesus' parables about a rich landowner who achieves great wealth and decides what is he going to do? I need to build bigger barns uh, to store all of it, only to find out that his life is going to be cut short and he's going to lose everything. He says, uh, he speaks to them in the parable, saying the, the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, what shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow all my fruits. I mean, that's, you know, we all, that's probably a question we all can uh, maybe have asked at some point of our life. we got so much, you know, what do we do? Uh, and, and so, it's, and he said, this will I do. I'll pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods I mean you can see this you can see this to play out here when somebody somebody buys a house uh, you know for whatever you know three quarters of a million dollars or whatever they buy the house and what they do is bring a tractor and bulldoze the house and I'm thinking man I'd stay in that house but people that have the money they bulldoze the whole house and say, hey I want to build a better house uh, must be nice. I'm just trying to repair my house, you know, and be happy with that, right? I'd love just to get a bulldozer and just start over. But, man, uh, you know, that's that's crazy. But, uh, and he says, hold out my barns, build greater. I'll bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast, thou, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat and drink and be merry. And see, I think that's uh, where I kind of are. Our uh, American culture and, and retirement system plays in right here, where we, we, we work hard and we want to reap all the years that we've sown and uh, take, uh, we've laid up for many years. Take thy knees, eat, drink, and be merry. And so obviously, uh, that's all what we all look forward to is retirement for the many years that we've uh, sowed into this world. Uh, but then God said to them, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? And so obviously uh, we know that uh, he believes that he has earned uh, all of this abundance. And, you know, obviously it's his farm. He's done it all this. He's worked all those years and hours and put all this but he never considers the idea that God might have anything to do with all of this. Right. And so he, he never thinks that maybe the extra that God has blessed him with, maybe he can go and be a blessing to somebody else. Right. Right. But instead of, of being a blessing to somebody else, he says, well, i got to build a bigger barn to store all of these things. Uh, and so many, uh, many greedy people are probably not going to be thinking about others. Uh, and they're thinking about I need to build uh, bigger houses and bigger barns and say, well, just good job me and pat myself on the back. And they can always come up with a plan for the extra that comes their way. They have a bigger barn syndrome where uh, things just got to get bigger and bigger. And as you can see here in America, obviously uh, another thing that is – Getting built, it seems like on every corner. behind the McDonald's is a storage facility. You store it. I mean, we've got so much stuff that they're building these massive structures of for people to store stuff, right? Uh, and again, this is uh, this whole story. This parable just is like God sees America, and He's just talking to America. Right? You got so much stuff that you're going to go and pay extra uh, monthly to store all your extra stuff because you just got so much, and your house right now just doesn't have the room to hold it. Uh, And so uh, there he is talking about uh, those uh, things. And so instead of thinking about uh, how we can bless somebody because God has clearly blessed him, uh, they they talk about, they think about how just keeping it for themselves. And so in verse 21 says, so is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. So Jesus is saying, all the money you have in, in your bank account doesn't make you rich in God's eyes. Right? Think about that. All the, all the Jeff Bezos, all the Bill Gates, all the, the billionaires of this world, as much money as they have, uh, they're, not even, they're not rich in God's eyes because God doesn't care about all those things because uh, money is not a thing to God because God can just speak it and just can, it can appear, right? He can just speak gold into existence if he wanted gold. And so that it, it's, a, it's a finite item to him and that doesn't matter to him. What matters to him is our heart. What matters to him is our soul and our spirit and our, our mind and our will. The intangible things about a human being is what is most valuable in the eyes of God. And so it doesn't matter how much we store up here on this world and how many treasures we have accumulated uh, where it doesn't make us rich in God's eyes even though we may be rich in this world's eyes and so uh, what what is really drives behind uh, maybe this this greed greedy heart is, is could be uh, could be fear that is driving behind it because ultimately the the fear of the unknown do I have enough am I am I have a, do I, am I gonna make it or or uh, uh, I better store uh, up extra behind, uh, just in case something uh, may happen. And obviously, again, we're not trying to, to blur the lines here, being prepared and, and using your brain and, and being a good steward of things, but uh, there's never enough to satisfy a greedy person, never have enough house or cars or never enough or whatever it is. But uh, And so we understand that uh, we... Uh, are not to focus on the things and possessions of this world because uh, they're they're meaningless in God's bank account. They don't mean anything. Uh, But people can chase their whole life looking for things and thinking they've attained levels and reached certain levels or uh, label themselves as success, but in God's eyes, you're not rich at all. And so... uh, We live in a culture that reminds us every day of all the things that we don't have, all the advertisements and things and people looking around, seeing what people have, the newer cars and all these things, and you can really easily get caught up in it, man, I don't have that, I want that, I need this, I need this, I need this, and uh, we that is where we live, but really the really the only cure for that is to understand what Jesus is saying here is to lay not up for yourselves treasure on earth, because everything we see around us is not going to last. Uh, eventually, it's going to be a used car, and eventually somebody else is going to buy it. Though the, the the new one that we bought will wear off and break down, and eventually we got to get another one. Uh, and so everything that we have. Uh, in this life as our comforts and our things that we think. Uh, Jesus saying don't put too much uh, attention on those things because they're, they're only temporary. You need to make sure we're focusing on the word of God and, and being obedient to the word of God because that is what's going to last forever. Uh, and so that is going to be in the end uh, is what we are going to be judged by is what we ha- how we have uh, aligned with the word of God, not with what we possess. And uh, he's not arguing against uh, being responsible, and we have, like I said, we have to be good stewards, but he's more along the line of, of, of against hoarding and, and just keeping everything up for ourselves, and because the only way to store up uh, heavenly treasures is to give away earthly treasures, to... to to give back to the to the church, to give of our tithes and offerings and all these things to be a to be a giver because that's what we see God is sees our heart that' we're, these material things are not holding and directing us, and our, our heart is not here, our treasure is not here, but it's in heaven. so if we're giving away uh, these things and and down here on earth and we're we're quickly to 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 bless somebody else or 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 give an offering. Uh, then God can easily trust us with even more because He knows we're not going to be a hoarder. He's not. He, God doesn't trust hoarders because they keep it to themselves. And, and so, as the Church of the Living God, we are to be uh, examples, at living epistles of these of the of the Scriptures. And so, if it's in the Word of God, if Jesus is talking about it, uh, it should be manifested in our life to some degree, right? Somebody uh, should be able to point out. Uh, verses in our life that we are living by and being obedient to and if we are uh, if, if we are not a giver then that would uh, be manifested in some area in our life and obviously we need we should be doing better at that because not focusing so much on our earthly treasures and so uh Jesus said, "If you want to know where your heart is, don't follow your feelings, but follow the money, because money is always going to leave, lead you uh, to where your heart is. And again, if we're if our money's in the offering plate, then it guess uh, it's where our heart is and in pouring into the kingdom of God, and not obviously just money, but uh, with everything else. Just just being a giving person, uh, knowing that this is God can take it all at any moment, right?" this night our soul can be required of us and so what good is holding on to all of these things and it's it's a shame It's it's sad to hear when uh, people that have have worked you know 30 40 years and, and they put in the time and their 401k and retirement all these things and uh, and they get to the time where they can retire and you know i've i've i'm sure you've known no know people have heard about people but man they retire and boom they they die You know, just like, wow. Uh, Looking so forward to to that retirement, but your soul is required of that. And obviously, uh, being uh, responsible uh, of what God has given us and making sure our heart is in the right place. That way, uh, whenever our time is up, we're ready to go. And we don't have anything being held against us. And so, where our treasure is, that's where our heart is going to be. And so, uh, this this statistic, I'm not sure how how old it is or, or how accurate it is, but it says the average Christian only gives only 2% of their income. I don't think that's a talking to an apostolic church, uh, but, uh, you know, giving 2% of their income. So where, you're, where you're, your treasure is not just an indicator of where your heart is, but probably also where you will be in the future. Uh, that can be bad news, but it also can be good news because uh, if your heart follows your, your money, you can actually use your money to change your heart. Because if you start giving, start giving to the kingdom of God and, 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 and doing what God wants to bless, you can change your heart, the direction of your heart, and change the direction of where you're headed because uh, uh, you can you have the power to do that. If, if we're going to follow the money, then you just start being a giver. And you can see God just begin to bless and, and change your heart about how things are to work in the kingdom of God. And so he, he moves on here to the next verse. The light of the body is the eye. Therefore, if thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, the whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is uh, the darkness. And he's saying here that the, uh, just as the eye directs the whole body, wherever your eyes are going, that's where, that's where your body is headed, that's where you're moving. That's why if you're uh, people that are driving and looking at their phones, their car's going to go in the direction where their head's, heads turned, right? And so wherever your eyes are going, that's where your body is going. And so that's why he's saying you need to make sure uh, your eyes are going in the right direction. They're scanning the word of God and and directing your life to be obedient to the word of God because uh, ultimately when you're looking at your checkbook and your money and all these things, your eyes are there and uh, it's going to have an impact on you. So your finances will impact your whole life because you're looking at them with your eyes and, And so uh, making sure we are aligning ourselves with the word of God and what Jesus is talking about with money. And so uh, giving breaks, giving breaks the power uh, of greed by sending your money in a new direction. Uh, And that is in the way that God wants it to go so that he can bless uh, whatever we have left. And that is so that that we can be making sure regarding our heart and that we are staying true to the words of Jesus Christ because uh, the more we hold on to things the more things can just spoil and turn bad and that not just with money but with anything the more that we hold on to it and, and hoard it to ourselves uh, because we know we we on, we can't trust ourselves with stuff right because we know who we are, our carnal nature, and these things. But if if we if we let God have control of everything, uh, our money and, and, and our time and our life and our heart, we give God everything. Uh, he can do much better with it than we can. And, and so he he's our trying to be our financial advisor, financial planner. But we have to submit to what he says uh, about the giving, and and uh, he can take care of the rest. And so. Before we fund our own kingdom, we have to make sure we are giving to God's kingdom because he's the one who gave us everything in the beginning, uh, in the first place. And you never know when our soul might be required of us. And so uh, people f- will focus so much on retirement for tomorrow, but we never know. We may not even make it to tomorrow. That's why we got to make sure our heart is right with the Lord uh, because we may not ever see retirement. Retirement may be just, boom, blinking of an eye and you're on the other side of eternity. Uh, and so we we understand that we can't uh, hold everything. We can't look to the things of this world and get caught up in all these things. And that's not to say we can't enjoy the things of this world. But we got to make sure our heart is not in it. Uh, because... Uh, we're not going to preach against can't get new cars and new houses and new clothes, all these things. That's that's crazy. But uh, obviously, if you're uh, have uh, an issue with that, if that's a, a vice or a stumbling block, then then you do need to watch out for those things. Uh, so he says, verse 24: No man can serve two masters; either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold the one and despise the other. He cannot serve God and man. We can't. We can't serve God and serve the world at the same time. Our, our heart can't be here and in God's, and in heaven. We can't be storing up treasures here and in heaven, uh, and our hearts split both ways. You can't do that because you're going to love one and not the other, and uh, the natural world has such a loud voice since we are natural beings, and carnal beings, it, this world screams really loud. You really got really to focus and really want to hear the voice of God. It takes a whole lot more effort to, to listen and to seek out the voice of God than it does to hear the voice of the world. Uh, and so if we're not paying attention and, and really being on guard, uh, we may often uh, be leaning towards the world and, and looking for the things of this world. And so... Uh, he says, "Therefore, musicians, if you come, therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. If not, is not the life more than the meat, and the body more than the raiment?" And so, uh, you know, again, we're we're natural beings, and we we got to get up and get dressed and clothed, and we got to eat and feed our bodies, and all of these things. Uh, but again, he's Pointing to our, how our soul is so much more important than what we're, the clothes that we're wearing. And if we're so concerned about our clothes, what we're wearing, what we're, the food that we have, we, we should be even more concerned about our soul, the, the status of our soul, and whether we are aligned with the Word of God or not. Uh, Behold, the fowls of the air, they sow not, neither do they reap, neither, uh, nor gather in the barns, that your heavenly Father feedeth them. Aren't you much better than they? And so obviously the birds don't squirrel up things like squirrels do. Uh, every day they wake up and they got to go out and find their food. And and God directs them to uh, where food is. And uh, I'm still, all, uh, I, I can understand uh, regular birds. They're going out and they're just looking at everything. But I still can't understand uh, how, vultures know where a dead thing is you know cuz they're it they can be buried underneath a tree high you know in bushes it's not like it's laid out in the open with flags on it but yet uh if there's a dead animal vultures show up and god's obviously programmed them they know how to smell that and it takes us a while to smell the, the dead animal but they're there often there before we realize something uh and so uh, it's, it's fascinating to see if the bird, if God feeds the vultures, he's going to take care of us, right? Aren't we more, more valuable than a bird or a vulture? Uh, and so, uh, our heavenly father, are we not better than they? Which of you by taking a uh, thought can add one cubit to his stature? You, uh, saying here, don't stress out of, of. Uh, uh, with anxiety of of tomorrow or what what needs you're going to have and all these things you can't you can't add uh, you can't add any years to your life. Uh, uh, we we sit down and try to be good financial planners of a retirement and and uh, gotta save all this type of money and that's fine. But uh, but us worrying about it more cannot extend our retirement or extend our life our natural life. He's saying and so. Uh, don't worry about too much actually if you worry about it too much you'll you you're you're taking taking days and years off your life because of stress and the effects it actually has on the body and so take no thought for your raiment consider the lilies of the field how they grow they toil not neither do they spin and yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these as much wealth as Solomon had and has as Great of a king and, and the kingdom that he had built there, he's not greater than a lily in the field. That is so much more complex and more beautiful uh, in in the eyes of God than all this uh, man made stuff that we gather ourselves. And so, God, if God will clothe the grass of the field, uh, which today is and tomorrow is cast in the oven, shall not He much more clothe ye, O ye of little faith? If if God's taking care of the grass today and tomorrow it's going to die and burn up, such a short life of a blade of grass, and He's making sure that's fed and watered and grows, and that tomorrow it dies, how much more valuable are we than a piece of grass? Uh, and so uh, we have to understand that God's going to uh, see us through whatever comes our way, right? Well, however dark it may get out in the world, we can easily bite our fingernails off worrying about uh, the prices of things and uh, can I afford milk and gas and all of these things? We can we can really uh, take some years off of our life now and and maybe what's coming around the corner of of the economic situation. Uh, but but then where's our faith in all that? Right? Are we not here exactly? We're here in Matthew six where Jesus is talking about all these things and. Uh, Again, we 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 live in this world, and so this is part of our daily life of buying groceries and all these things, but at some point, we have to detach ourselves from the prices and the items and things and, and say, God's not going to let me go hungry. God's not going to let me starve to death because I can't afford all of these things. Uh, uh, where is our faith that God is going to take care of us? If if the birds are being fed today, surely a child of God is going to be fed in some way, form, or fashion because we are more valuable than a bird or a lily of the field. and uh, We have to realize that until our ourselves that, that uh, we of all people that are born again and being obedient to the word of God and trying to live a righteous life every single day, we of all people are going to be the apple of God's eye and we're not going to starve to death or or, or, or or do without because God will make sure we have what we need. Isn't that the message that Jesus is teaching here? Uh, and so, uh Therefore, take no thought, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after these things do the Gentiles seek. Boom, right there, hitting us. Us Gentiles here gathered together. Uh, we know exactly what he's talking about, and yet he beat us to the punch. And so, uh, your heavenly Father knoweth that ye are in need of all these things. The problem is we've, we've become so dependent on uh, living life without the, the need for God being so blessed that, you know, we don't think about uh, God providing for us because our money provides for us and our system and our grocery store provides for us, uh, you know, and, and God forbid we, we really have to learn to live by faith, uh, you know, that one day that maybe those things we're going to really have to ask God to provide for us. And uh, if it comes to that, Where's our faith going to be? It's going to be in God. God's going to make sure uh, our needs are met. And so if anybody's going to go hungry, it's not going to be the church of the living God, right? We have to believe that and understand that, that God's going to make sure his people uh, are going to be taken care of. If you stand with me tonight, therefore take no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself, sufficient unto the day. Is the evil thereof And so uh, again not to say We don't not to be planners For tomorrow and obviously We uh, got to plan for Like we're going to be here tomorrow But uh, don't put all of our eggs In that basket because God can say Hey tonight's the night you come home Right and what's more Important is making sure we get home Than what what tomorrow is Uh, And so uh, That is where we Have to deal with We can We have to deal with tomorrow The the thought of it uh, But we can't We can't get so far into tomorrow That we forget about today That we forget about What's important today Can't plan so much in advance That we forget to plan about today And making sure our Our heart and our soul Is right with the Lord Uh, Philippians Paul uh, writes To us and tells us uh, be careful for nothing, uh, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be na- made known to God. So don't be anxious, don't be worrying about anything, because whatever you're worried about, put it in prayer. Wrap it up in prayer and say, God, I'm sending it to you. And that way we don't got to stress and bite our fingernails off, uh, uh, because uh, if we pray about it, that's going to bring peace to our soul, that 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 need, whatever that situation is, uh, it's already been addressed. I don't got to spend any more time or any more brain cells or any more uh, effort uh, stressing about that because I've prayed about it. I've made my request known to God, and he's going to take care of it. And I I can focus on the next thing I got to do today uh, and so not get so caught up in tomorrow that we can't do what we need to do today. First Peter 5, 7 says, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for us. And that also means cares for tomorrow and next week and all these things. God knows when the bills are coming. He sees when they're being processed and all these things. He can already calculate how much money you're going to have left in your bank account. If he knows the end from the beginning, uh, we got to put our faith and our trust in him that if we're seeking first the kingdom of God, then everything else is going to be added unto us and God will make sure their needs are going to be met because we are being obedient to the word of God. Uh, and so we got to make sure that we are first and foremost aligning ourselves with what Jesus is teaching here. Let's get our hearts in heaven. Let's get our minds focused on eternity and making sure our eyes are looking towards Him. uh, That way He can direct our path. And so uh, Psalms 37 and 25 says, I have been young and am now old, and have yet never have I seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. As much as we believe Acts 2.38, we should also be believing this verse too, right? Uh, because God's going to fulfill all his verses. And uh, David says, man, I lived my whole life. The ones that are most blessed, the ones that did not do without are the people of God, the righteous, those who love the word of God and are seeking the face of God. They're not going to be forsaken. God's not going to forget about them. God's not going to let their seed be begging for bread. Why? Because our faith is in God, and he's going to make sure his people are going to be taken care of. Uh, it's a great time to be alive and be a part of the church of the living God because we know we know that no matter how bad it may get out in the world, we are the safest people on the planet because we will be the ones that are most looked after by God and not forsaken. Because we are the apple of his eye. We are his bride. The church is the bride of Christ. Why would why would why would God be engaged into somebody, into us, be engaged, and let his wife die of starvation and never, met, never get married? I mean, how foolish is that? But isn't that, isn't that just exactly where we are? Right, we are the bride of Christ, and God's gonna make sure He's looking after His bride. And so, uh, and it's, it's, we are coming to a point in our in our country where it's it's really things almost like, we're at a tipping point. We're getting close to the tipping point uh, of just where everything is. And uh, by now, I think President Trump is, has been arrested and uh, in, in Atlanta, and everything is just going crazy. Uh, and so we're getting at to a tipping point in this country where there's there's such a divide and such a, a uh, 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 hatred for one another that all it's going to take is a spark of something, and this everything can just go crazy. But in a situation like this, this culture, this world that we live in, it positions the church to be in the absolute best place. For revival, right? If everything is going to hell in a handbasket, uh, where's the church of the living God being a light, being an example, being right there? If we're following after God, God is positioning us to be there to minister to somebody, to minister to this world. Uh, and so no matter how bad it may get, well, the people of God are going to shine brighter than ever before. Uh, and so we got to make sure that we are aligned with the Word of God and no matter how, how, how evil the world gets, and how powerful they think they are. And uh, they have—they are nothing uh, uh, compared to the word of God and his power. And so uh, uh, just this week, they started talking about uh, another round of, of COVID uh, lockdowns and, and masks. They're rolling the masks back out again. Just saw today that a school somewhere in Kentucky are shutting down the classrooms. Uh, and going back to distance learning because they, they said it's a trifecta. you got COVID, you've got the flu, and now you've got strep throat. They're buying, bringing them together and saying, oh, we got to shut everything down now. Uh, the masks are coming back. Uh, all of these things. Uh, and so, no matter how much control they want to have, uh, we we know that they don't have power over God and His plan and His will. And so, we're going to make sure we align ourselves with the will of God and His plan, because ultimately uh, Jesus is coming back soon, and that this world is going to realize that they are nothing compared to the power of Jesus Christ, the Lord of lords and King of kings, as He makes His way to this earth. And I want to make sure that we're laying our laying up for our treasures in heaven that Jesus says, hey, now the time to come up and come be with me. Uh, and so we are quickly approaching that day. Amen. And so we got to make sure that we are not focused on this world and our heart is not here but is in God because that's where uh, a real treasure is, right? Amen. I want to be ready for what God has in store. We got to make sure we're aligned up, we're tuned in better than ever before because we got to have God lead us and direct us in these last days. Every step that we take, we got to be on on point with God's will so that we can see the revival that God wants to do through us and in us. Amen. And so let's be sure we focus on God. Let's let's worship the Lord tonight as we close out. Thank him for his word. Thank you for your direction, God. Hallelujah for your presence for your spirit Hallelujah help us Jesus guide us order our steps Lord Hallelujah Jesus Hallelujah Jesus, Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. is a- jesus we praise you we thank you lord for your greatness your goodness for your mercy lord hallelujah hallelujah direct us and lead us jesus hallelujah to your will to be done hallelujah it's amazing how jesus spoke these words his first sermon 2000 years ago and how they immediately apply for us today amen and as as this week uh, has been a, a big week in the political world, as the, the Republican debate is this week, was this week, yesterday. And the whole world is focusing on and hoping on government and politics to fix everything. But there's going to come a point where they lose faith in all of that, and they're, they're going to have to turn to something. And maybe that's a part of God's recipe for revival in the end days is... Uh, they, they have no faith in the, the world around them, and they're going to put their faith in Jesus Christ. That's where the church will be here, right there ready, amen, to witness to them and say, hey, we've got, we've got a place where, where there's hope is, where there's love, amen, and where you can find strength and uh, encouragement in, the, in the, the the word of the Lord. And uh, that is where God has called us to be today, amen, and we're going to go and be the church that God has uh, ordained us to be. Amen. God bless you all. You're dismissed tonight in Jesus' name. Let's go and be the church and be a light into this world.